Hey guys, Darren Bentley here. And before we get started, I wanted to make a special announcement. We have officially opened registration for the Private Money Conference, which is a three-day live event where you will learn directly from Jay and his team how to raise thousands of dollars in private money to fund all of your real estate deals. Now, in today's changing market, more and more people are losing out to other investors because most of those investors have the cash to fund these deals. Did you know that you are missing out on 87% of the real estate deals out there because you don't have access to private money? Sadly, most real estate investors don't even know this is the reason why they continue to lose deal after deal. And with everything that's happening in the market today, you absolutely need every advantage available to you. And having access to unlimited amounts of private money is your big advantage. So to register for this live event, head over to jconnor.com forward slash event. Again, that is jconnor.com, J-A-Y-C-O-N-N-E-R.com forward slash event, where you will be able to lock in your seat for this live in-person three-day event, which takes place June 12th, 13th, and the 14th in beautiful North Carolina. But you got to be fast because there are a limited number of seats, and when they are gone, they're gone. So again, to take advantage of this incredible event and to learn how to raise all the private money you'll ever need directly from Jay Connor and his team, head over to jayconnor.com forward slash event. Again, that is jayconnor.com, J-A-Y-C-O-N-N-E-R.com forward slash event. Now let's get into today's episode. You know, when, when uh, you come to the boot camp, you really get to see that with not only you, Jay, with your entire staff, with your entire team, you know, what you see is what you get. You're very authentic. And, and that's the thing that we hear over and over again is that, you know, everybody there is real, right? Uh, we're not saying things that we don't do. We're not doing things that uh, are, you know, we shouldn't be doing. And everything is uh, straightforward. You got it. You got it. And, that, and you just said something that triggers this. I don't teach anything unless I have done it and I'm still doing it. I don't subscribe to the fact of going and reading something in a book or watching something on YouTube or, you know, listen to somebody else's podcast, you know, and say, Oh, that's great. I think I'll go teach that. I teach it after I've tested it and proven it to work. Awesome. So Jay, let's get back to some of the questions from the, the live boot camp. Um, one of the main questions was, I mean, one of the things that you teach is to go out and network, right? And go to BNI group or some uh, other group, Rotary Club, and tell them about your business. So what's your elevator pitch when you attend these events? What should somebody say when they attend a BNI or a Rotary Club? I'm so glad uh, that question was asked at the event because it triggers me to tell this short story. And that is, I teach, you know, I, I teach uh, what to say when you're meeting somebody for the first time. And so, you know, let's say Chaffee, you and I've just met for the first time and we introduce ourselves to each other. And let's say we don't know anything about each other or nothing. Right? So what's the first question? What's the, one of the very first questions, if you're the average person, which you aren't, but because we've been in each other's world so long, we don't think like the average person, but, if you were the average person and you're at a networking event 
what's one of the first questions you're going to ask me? Show me the money. <laughs> <laughs> no, that is not one of the first questions you're going to ask me. <laughs> I don't know, Jay. What is the first question? What's one of the first questions you're going to ask me is, what do you do? There you go. <laughs> right? What right. do you do? And so, you know, somebody asked me, so let's say, you know, somebody asked me, what do I do? Let's say I told them I'm a real estate investor. Well, I guarantee you in their head, they're what's in it for me, right? In fact, when people ask you, what do you do? They don't really care. They just don't know what else to ask, right? So when somebody asks you and you're a real estate investor, what do you do? Wouldn't it be really cool to give them an answer that would first of all pique curiosity secondly move the conversation forward to where it would be engaging and thirdly lead to the possibility of you telling the person that just asked you what do you do about private lending so here's how i answer the question so ask me chaffy well jay what do you do well jay what do you do I teach private lenders how to make a lot of money. And then I do what I just did. I shut up. So I say, I teach private lenders how to make a lot of money. So first of all, the person that just asked me that question has no idea what I just said. They don't understand it. But they, the first thing they heard was make a lot of money. They heard that. They heard make a lot of money. They might've heard me say teach. So I just framed myself as a teacher. And then I said private money, they're not gonna know what private money is. So there's three things that's firing off in their brain that they're trying to understand. And so I just wait them out. And so I'll get like, what did you say? Or what is that? And so it naturally leads to me talking about what private money is, what private lending is. So I love my answer and I got thousands of students now using it all over the world. So next, so those of you that are viewing in the show, watching or listening, you might want to write that down. Well, don't use that answer until you know how to answer or talk about private money and private lending. So, so get to the event and then you can start answering the question that way. But, uh, you know, for our viewers that you're, you're seasoned investors, you know what private money is, use it and it will attract more funding to your deals. What do you do? I teach private lenders how to make a lot of money. That's awesome, Jay, because as you said, when people hear, you know, I'm a real estate investor, a bunch of things go to their head only when they hear make a lot of money, they want to know more. <laughs> exactly. Everybody wants to make a lot of money. Awesome. Um, let's see. Let's uh, go to another question then real quick. Uh, let's just say, hey, I got private money. I, I uh, went through your process, followed your system, and now somebody says they had $100,000 that they can invest in a private, uh, in, in a real estate deal with me. Uh, what do I do with their money while I'm looking for that deal? <laughs> that's awesome. And that's the reason that's such an excellent question is because the private money, in fact, this is a multifaceted answer to a, a, to a great question. So when I have a new private lender and they've told me that they've told me they got $100,000 or whatever, their range of investment, 
And of course, I need to know if it's investment capital, just liquid capital, or if it is in, in retirement funds, because that's going to depend on what they do next. Obviously, if it's in retirement funds, I will need to assist them and get, help them get their funds moved over to a self-directed IRA company, which they then can lend me money. But let's say they've got their money ready to go. They've got their money ready to be deployed. First of all, you as the real estate investor that's borrowing the money, do not accept, do not take, do not accept unsecured funds. So, you know, many times I've had a new private lender come into my world and I say, okay, Jay, I'm, I've got this much. I'm ready to get started. You know, what do I do? Write you a check? Uh, you know, what do I do? No, private lender does not give funds or send funds or wire funds directly to the private lender. So we cannot accept, I, well, you can, but you shouldn't. Do not accept funds from your private lender until you have a deal ready to close. And when I say deal, it can be a single family house. That's, that's the world we operate in mostly, but it can also be on a commercial deal, you know, duplexes, triplexes, quadplex, small apartments, whatever. It's all the same process and system. So your private lender needs to keep their funds until you have a deal or a property identified that will collateralize their loan. So you got to clarify, uh, I should never take their money and stick it in my bank account somewhere so that, um, that I'm using it because if, if I don't have a deal, I don't want it to go away. Only if it's in my account, then I'm using it, right? Exactly. Exactly. So do not accept funds anytime personally yourself from the private lender. And when you do have a deal of, uh, identified, then the private lender, uh, their funds to fund your deal directly to your real estate attorney or your closing agent. I know some, some uh, states are, are more accustomed to using uh, title companies or escrow companies, but whoever your closing agent is, that's where your private lender will wire their funds to the closing agent and then no funds are dispersed to the seller of the property or you know i always get a check when i buy it's called excess cash to close uh, none of those funds are dispersed until the documents are signed uh, the closing agent has recorded the documents on uh, public record and then the private lender is protected and then the funds can be dispersed should i wait find a property first before I look for a private lender? Should I, you know, get a property under contract and then go look for the money? I'm so glad you asked. The answer is a resounding no. In fact, I teach get the money lined up first. The money comes first is what I teach and that's what I've practiced. So here's what I mean by that. There's always deals. There's plenty of deals, right? But the majority of offline uh, real estate deals, in other words, the majority of sellers who are for sale by owners, okay, the majority of them are not going to accept a creative way to buy, such as using seller financing or buying subject to the existing note. The majority of those people are going to require all the money when you buy the house. And of course, if you're buying out of the multiple listing service using the realtors, you're always going to have to have all the money. So I focus on 
and teach, get the private money lined up first, and then you'll never have to worry about missing out on a deal because you didn't have the money. I mean, my lands, how much more confidence does a real estate investor have when you've got, you know, a hundred, dollars $500,000 $500, of pledged private money burning a hole in your pocket, right? I mean, I don't know about, you know, well, I do know about you, Chaffee, but I don't know about some of our listeners. I'm not interested in making an offer on a property unless I know where the funding is coming from. So yeah, get the money lined up first. Jay, that brings up a good point because when you got cash ready to make offers, not only can you make offers, you can make better offers. You can make oh. offers that close faster and you can make a, get a better deal on the offer, right? Well, that's another distinction between hard money or going through a traditional mortgage company or bank and private money. All my offers, I put in the offer that we can close, I can close literally in seven calendar days. So the only way that's gonna work is if you've got direct access to the private money. I mean, even in the world of hard money, realistically, it's three weeks before you can close because in the majority of the cases, uh, an appraisal is going to be ordered. You got to fill out an application. Uh, they're going to be pulling your credit and you know, all these time entanglements that cause you not to be able to close so quickly. So, you know, I have gotten countless deals accepted where I know my offer was less than a competing offer from another real estate investor or whoever the other offer was from, but I got it because, I could close within seven days. I, I, I'm thinking of a particular deal right now that I just bought a few weeks ago. In fact, it was on the bus tour last week, the home on Quailwood, that really, really big, nice, luxurious home. Well, it's gonna be luxurious when I get through with it. But anyway, I know that I had a competing offer uh, at $195,000 and I bought it for $190,000, $5,000 less, and that was a bank-owned property. That was a bank-owned property, and the bank took my offer because I could close it in seven days versus whatever else the other uh, person that made the offer, uh, whatever time frame they said they needed. So yes, closing quickly, very, very important to get you more deals. We actually had a couple at the boot camp, Jay, for that particular reason, is that they're in a hot, hot market, and they kept losing deals to people who can close in seven days or less, and it took them 21 days. And so even though they made good offers, them taking 21 days, they kept losing deals to the cash offers that would close in seven days or less. So exactly. in fact, I even know who you're talking about because they told me the same story. Yep. And uh, in fact, um, one of the deals I think would happen just like two weeks ago that they missed out on and he was using hard money. He was using yep. hard money to fund his deals. and. He just couldn't move fast enough. So yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. I remember who they are. Yeah. So when the, uh, when the money actually gets wired from the attorney to the, the, the escrow account or wherever, does the attorney have to get in touch with the lender in order to make that happen? Or how does that work? Do you send over paperwork and you're the one that does it? Or, or how, do, how does the attorney facilitate that transaction? I'm so glad that question came up the event because it's also has a multifaceted answer that's got the, what I'm getting ready to say is crucially and critically important. So first of all, let me answer the question directly, but that triggers some other information I want to give out right now. 
on how to protect everybody from losing hundreds of thousands of dollars. So when you have a deal ready to close and you know, you got the private money lined up from a particular private lender and you've got a closing date set. So what you're going to want to do as the borrower, as the real estate investor, you're going to want to get or send the wiring instructions, the wiring instructions to your four, your closing agents, trust account, their escrow account. You're going to want to get it sent to the private lender. Then the private lender will take those uh, uh, wiring instructions. And if it's their investment capital, they will give that to their bank and wire the funds directly to the closing agents, trust account. If it's coming from retirement funds, then the, the wiring instructions will be given to the private lenders self-directed IRA company. And then the self-directed IRA company will use those wiring instructions to send the funds directly to the closing agents escrow uh, or trust account. Now, that's the answer to the question, but that leads me to pass on this information. And that is, well, now how do you, or how should you communicate the wiring instructions from your attorney's trust account to the private lender safely? Now, I'm gonna tell you a quick story. I know of someone, this would be a private lender that I was giving wire was given wiring instructions by a real estate investor borrower. This just happened in the like the last 12 months. And so the private lender was given the wiring instructions by the real estate investor. The private lender went to wire the funds and something very, very bad happened. Let me tell you what happened. The real estate investor emailed, take note of that. The real estate investor emailed the private lender, the wiring instructions. In the subject line of the email, it had the phrase wiring instructions. A hacker hacked the email and changed the wiring instructions in the email to the hackers wiring instructions. And in between the email being sent from the real estate investor to it getting to the private lender, when the private lender received the email, everything remained the same in the email except the wiring instructions. The private lender wired the funds to the hackers bank account. Now, the good news to that story is that the, the, the hacker was discovered and found out about and the private lender did not miss, got their funds put back into their account. But the moral of that story is do not ever wire, I mean, don't ever email wiring instructions. You can take, uh, you can take a picture of them and text it, but I don't even recommend that. I mean, there's probably a way to hack text. I say give wiring instructions verbally, verbally, and just double confirm it's right. And, and, and so then, you know, of course there's probably a way to hack, you know, a telephone conversation. Well, of course there is, you can tap into a telephone conversation, but that's the safest way to communicate wiring instructions is to just give them out over the telephone. In fact, my real estate attorney's office, they, they won't wire. I mean, they will not email wiring instructions at all. It's all done verbally.
Awesome. And in the interest of time, I got one more question to ask, and then uh, we kind of got to wrap it up here. Only uh, real quick, when all that wiring takes place and everything, there's some fees associated to that, Jay. And the question at the boot camp was that uh, who pays for the transaction fees when borrowing money from a private lender, a private lender's IRA? Yeah, excellent question. So uh, I have never paid a transaction fee for any of my private lenders' uh, deals that we've done together. And the only time you have transaction fee, well, you have a transaction fee from the self-directed IRA company that will charge. So my private lenders have never asked uh, to, um, you know, be, be reimbursed. And, and, and here's the deal. You know, if your private lender has their, their investment capital, their retirement funds at another uh, place or another stock brokerage, they're going to have fees associated with that account as well. So when they're using self-directed IRAs, it's just fees there instead of fees at a, you know, uh, at a, another a stock brokerage or whatever. But um, anyway, you're right, Chaffee. We are out of time uh, for this show. But thank you so much for joining me here on the show to um, first review some of these questions. Those were great questions that you chose from the live event. I got to say, Jay, we just, I mean, that was only a handful of questions that was asked at the live event. And obviously, you cover those questions and a lot more at the boot camp. So, uh, I definitely recommend if anybody's listening to this, thinking about it, don't think about it anymore. Just go and register and get to the boot camp. Yeah, yeah. Check it out, everybody, at www.jayconner.com forward slash money podcast. Well, folks, thank you for uh, tuning in and watching and listening. Um, if you're on uh, iTunes, of course, subscribe, rate, and review. If you're watching uh, one of my YouTube channels, uh, you can subscribe to that as well so you don't miss out on any of the uh, upcoming content. And um, so a personal invitation. I hope I see all of you or at least a good number of you at uh, the upcoming live event, which is right around the corner. So with that, I'm Jay Connor, the Private Money Authority, wishing you all the best. And here's to taking your real estate investing to the next level. Bye for now.